Hey everyone, happy to have you here for another episode of Legacy Matters. Today, as usual, we will talk about whatever comes up with a slight leaning toward discussions of preserving your legacy, preparing for things to come, and sharing stories we find amusing. Have you guys interviewed anybody who does the AVR? For the I talk quietly. No. In a whisper. Oh, like into the into. I, I am recording, whole, by the way. There's a whole <laughs> world out there of people who they. Yeah. And they wait for sounds, for sounds. And they talk in a very quiet voice. And are they talking to people outside of our our realm? They make money. Yeah. Oh, really? I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. Yeah, they I, talk in this yes, hushed yes. tone, and yep. some people, whatever their predilection is, like right. it, and some people use it to kind of like sleep a soothing and kind of. Yep. Yeah. Right. Huh. And, and don't they do uh, like like crunkling? Paper, they do all kinds of like, things. They pour water. They right. crunkle things. They pop plastic. And yeah. They just yeah. talk really softly. Oh, yeah. now I want to investigate so, this do you, more. Do you not know about this? It's no, I didn't know it was a whole movement. But oh, it com- yeah, completely it's huge now. It is. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a really big deal right now. Yeah. And you're right, though. People... People that are into it, like people that do it, like that's a career for them. Yeah, like they're they, making cash they're, money doing this. They completely are. Yeah. Why do I? Are, why do I worry that Jim's going to be? Oh, like I'm going to come in and he's going to be playing around <laughs> with my like I'm going to be recording <laughs> equipment now. Like, yeah. Um, Jim. Okay, brush. Crunkling paper. Brush. What else? Money. Can you get your hands yeah. into? Yeah. Well, there's the visual ones too. Oh, you I know, didn't know there was like a visual. Yeah. So like, pe- some people will like um, just take a paintbrush and just go like the you know kind of just. Oh, Gym. lines and really lines. yeah so you there's know, like it's all this visual, sensory mm-hmm. sort of um stimuli either it's sound like what we're talking about or it's also the visual is there where it's repetition that's proving that we're losing our way as human beings that we aren't sensory that we're not i don't think we need a whole lot things? more signs that we're losing <laughs> that, <our> yeah <laughs> it's like the I think base we, <laughs> anyone who right. opens their eyes kind of look yeah. around and see we've done that sensory i'm awake okay <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think there was like some like brushing hair is another That's one. Crazy. Um, oh, I know there's people who get paid like, to just cuddle. What? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I that's another. That. That's I'm kind of a different. Thing. I could see Why? that. I waste no, but my I time mean, in television. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just set up, you know, Everyone. shop on the corner over here, free hugs. Yeah, yeah, it's five ba- bucks. That's what it is, basically. Yeah, it, it's like uh, it's like an open space. Right. Uh, you know the the. The business person walks by or whatever. You that's go also you a Dave Matthews. That's a someone. Dave Matthews video. Remember no, from I back don't. in the day? Yeah, I was it. that based on the nun? That I think it's a nun. Maybe it's a Buddhist monk or somebody that people pay money and stand in line just for him to hug them. Oh, they want the positive energy. Oh. Yeah, and they yeah. walk away in tears, and I'm like. Man, I can do that. Yeah. Five dollars. I hug you. Hey, I love you. Go on your way. Be a good person. (laughs) Okay, I have to look this up. I've been told I'm a real good hugger. Um, I don't know. That it, might get a little we're weird. Like, uh, we're like three minutes into this, and uh, because it started off the way it started off, I feel like we should probably introduce to our audience who we're... <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> what we're Welcome. Doing. Here we are again. It's a... Uh, 
Wednesday. Wednesday morning. No See, one cares about the weather, we, Jim. Yeah, because Listen, I, this is like we have. We're <laughs> not only that, but we're not live, so so it they're going to be listening to this on a yeah, Friday. Funny. So, that's right. what makes Minnesota it good. Minnesotans all care about the weather. They it's do. True. So let's give them the all right, update. What's the forecast, Jim? <laughs> it's a little cloudy today. <laughs> it's a little cloudy. <laughs> Shocking. But, but the windows it's open. It's a little warm. It's, it's warm. So nice. Paul Douglas. That, that was. But you know what? It's probably good. People can't really take like the highs and lows and the pressure variations right. and all that. It's, oh, God, no. it's, it's, it's a little, cloudy today. It's a little cloudy today. That's but, perfect. But, you know, it's, it's Wednesday warming. morning. It yes. is, in fact, a Wednesday morning. It's not morning. snowing. So. We've, got our, we've got our full crew back together. Mm-hmm. Sarah's, yep. Sarah's in, Jim, myself, Sam, and we have a guest. Hi. A special guest. Yes, special Robin, guest. Robinson. Hi. Welcome. Hi, thank Welcome. you. Thanks for coming in. This is a long time in making because you asked me a long time ago, and, and I just kind of was derelict in responding to so, you. Oh, no one believes we're, so we're actually you. serious about yeah. this stuff. But you I know, mean, I get this it. This is great. I tried to start a podcast and I couldn't get anybody to come on the show. So oh, really? No, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, my mind, what I'm trying to tell myself so I don't feel like a failure, is that these were highly, highly um, charged and, and, and busy people that just mm-hmm. could not make mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically it was a failure. In well, so I'm, I'm impressed by all this. This setup is cool. Well, thanks. Thanks, thanks for Got coming in. Got a little in, art too. on the wall. Yeah, yeah we mean, did this. A little bit of everything here. We did this like kind of on a whim. Work. Oh, oh, those are all of our, to make us pretend that we're doing work, right? right. Well, well this, is, this is what it takes to build an <laughs> app, basically. Yeah. I'm you know? highly impressed, you know, because yeah. I've always, my sister who lives out in L.A. has always talked mm-hmm. about building an app, and I always kind of encouraged her and then kind of started to research it, but that's a, it's a lot of work, and I know nothing so I couldn't really help her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it is With a lot of work. We, I mean, we'd be happy to talk to her. I, yeah. Honestly, it's been... Uh, so Jim and I did construction before this, and, and Sarah's been in the kind of digital marketing world. Like, mm. it's our skills as art and construction and digital marketing fit really well into this digital world. Yeah. We had no Surprisingly idea. Surprisingly so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, granted, I can, we can't, none of us can sit down and code. See, that's it. I need to take a class on something like that. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that. I mean, that's a whole different. It's like learning another language, but um, and and one that changes rapidly. So yeah. you know, doesn't stay static. But uh, but there's a lot of really good coders out there who are looking for people to feed them good ideas mm-hmm. and good graphics, and they'll they'll do the the construction work yeah. if you give them a good plan mm-hmm. to work off of. You know, it's so. interesting because I, I kind of come into the world of construction in, in the last seven years or so. Fascinating, you know, and trying to work with them and trying to get them to understand that art should be in every beginning, middle, mm-hmm. and end phase of what they're doing just becomes, you know, it, what they're working on is really just fascinating. Oh, we have a... We have a, possible a special interruption. Well, um, why don't you guys talk for a few minutes and I'll take care of this. Okay. okay? You guys just keep the conversation. You guys are in a highly, highly no busy one needs area me. these days. You guys um, maybe can all get a word in edgewise. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Sam's oh. right here. Ooh. <laughs> so, Robin, let me just tell you. Usually, Sam does all the talking. Really? Because <laughs> he just loves to talk, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I, I can rival him on that. So, we'll keep it talking, definitely. All right. So, so here's... 
can you describe all the th- like what's happening today? What's happening? We've known yeah. each other for a while, a long and time. you know, and I've seen m- the transformation, like multiple sort of things that you're involved in, mm-hmm. and and you do a lot around here. I mean, you are very involved in the community of Minneapolis. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I think um, it was ordained and destined that I was going to come to Minneapolis. I remember sitting in a theater in South Bend, Indiana and watching uh, Purple Rain and I kept saying, I'm going to be there one day. And just, you know, serendipitous, uh, I started dating a Minnesotan when I lived in Baltimore and was anchoring the news there. And uh, he was into art and music and theater and he had just come back from the Peace Corps so he traveled and so we would vibe off each other a lot and then finally one day he's like, I'm moving back to Minnesota. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'll come. Uh, and so I wound up here, and after a while, he was just like, this place never changes. I can't stay here. I got to go. And he wanted to go back to the East Coast. I don't. Yeah, I'm not an East Coast girl. Right. And as soon as I came back here, I was just like, yeah, I dig this place. I really love Minnesota. And so it just Minnesota has allowed me to grow up mm-hmm. here in a very visible way without any condemnation or real kind of major criticism or being tossed out so it's it's allowed me to be super creative and it's it's creative place and it's allowed me to just kind of do what I enjoy doing. And a sense of community then I'm assuming along the way of people that have helped you and nurtured you. A lot of people have you know just Minnesotans are are odd and quirky and that's what I really like about them it's like they don't show a lot of outward emotion and they're not going to show you that they really care about you but They'll drop things on you or invite you to work on a project that, you know, is really fortuitous for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how they show you that they care about you. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been really lucky to make some really good friends here and uh, people that are family. And, and they're all just these amazingly creative, giving people, which you don't find in a lot of different places. You, don't. you know, yeah. so, yeah, I always feel like I want to give back and there's things I want to do and people are willing to collaborate with me on or I, I learned something new about me that I want to do and, you know, kind of walked away from TV and people are like, well, how can you do that? It's so wonderful. No, it's not a wonderful place. But, you know, it's, it opens you up to a world of ideas and things that you can do away from there. Right. And once you kind of figure out what it is that you, you want to do, it, it, it's healthy to kind of step away from TV after a while. Right, yeah. right. Um, Oh, look who hey, came back. Hey, you're back. <laughs> uh, is, everything, is everything okay? Everything's great. Okay, um, good. Everything's you guys great. Are everything's in a really great. Super busy area over oh, here now. Ooh, I mean, we, yeah. Northeast used to be quiet and peaceful, and now it's just. It's filled with people like us. construction and, and yeah. apartment yeah. buildings. And I feel like we're ruining it. I mean, I remember Robin when you started your gallery over here in Northeast. Yeah, there was you know, no one on the streets. There wasn't. And it was it was desolate. It was scary. In fact, I put a buzzer on the door because yeah, you know, that's well, right. the the neighborhood uh, business association really did not want an art gallery in the neighborhood, but they said if you will stay open till midnight every night, it's yours. So we stayed open. We were the Gosh, only gallery in right. why did they Minnesota. why did they say that? Well, what they really wanted was another bar. Uh, yeah. And since the late night hour was what they were really starting to foister, mm-hmm. you know, they really wanted people to come to Northeast to drink. 
Gotcha. There and weren't enough people drinking up here before that? You know, isn't that unusual? <laughs> uh, it sure seemed like Northeast was... There weren't enough VFW halls and everything right. else, you know, the corner bars here. But yeah, I think it was just the Hennepin Strip, that East Hennepin Strip. Okay. The only thing that was in the neighborhood was Nyes and Certix. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it was an empty street, so they were looking to fill it up, but they wanted things that were more in line with what else was, you know, coming up around them, I think. Red yeah. Dog had just o- opened. Right. Or, no, it wasn't even that. It was, no, it, it was, was, there was Whitey's. And that had been there for a while. Um, I can't remember, but there was a restaurant Boom. right next to you. Is that what it was? Boom, That's, opened yeah. up. Yeah. And I think yep. that was that was the first really nice yeah, it was. bar yep. in yep. Northeast. So there was really, it was starting to change. It was starting to become a little bit more upscale. But that particular area had nothing. So they gave me the, the space, but I had to stay open till yeah. midnight. You know, mm-hmm. I forgot about that until you just mentioned it. But I remember because um, uh, our mutual friend Edith had work over there. So yes. I'd come over there. She and was say, one of my first yeah, exhibits. Yep, right. Yeah. Yep. So and I was really lucky. I had some really major talent that came through yeah, Flatland. And that was a cool space. Thank you. And, and a great, I mean, it was a great gallery. I, mean, I love Flatland. And, and I just kind of did a little mini retrospective about it on Instagram. I, I think I'm going to do something larger. But we had uh, most of the emerging artists at that time that mm-hmm. uh, came through. And there's a a lot of artists that have done really well, as you mentioned, Edith Garcia. Yeah. Um, uh, gosh, Bennett Jordan, who studied with Chihuly. Yeah. Um, we had uh, Setu Jones and Takumba Aiken. Yep. And oh my gosh, you name it. Uh, I, I I just feel very lucky that uh, the number of the artists that I, I had there, Kai Irons, who's yeah. a huge pop artist in mm-hmm. LA now, number of people who yeah. really did well right. with their careers, and we. We did work with Southwest Airlines and a couple other places, and we got mentioned. Well, I'm so proud we got mentioned in Art News, and that was yeah. from Mary Abbey, and Mary Abbey didn't like anybody. No, she did. So. She did not like anyone. But she, she really didn't. She gave me a shout out every once in a while, and that was a big deal. I, I know. Like, I mean, I tingles like, like, oh, Mary Abbey. Mary Abbey was the Star and Tribune. <laughs> yeah, she critic. gave me right. a mention. She's impossible. You know, she's impossible. She, I mean, she crushed your soul. You know, right. She just oh, kind of, oh, this is awful. A lot. You know, she did. She made a lot of people. Maybe cry. that's what it takes to be an artist, though, right? Don't I mean, isn't that kind it of what you do? You need to. No. No. You know, you know the one time that I actually did cry. I had a yeah. huge show, yeah. and I got Philippe Verne to come, who was uh-huh. at the Walker. Oh, yeah. He was an assistant curator at the Walker, and he was a big deal. He yep. wound up going, and I think he was uh, at LACMA for a yeah. while at mm-hmm. LA County Museum of Art. Right. So he comes in. I mean, it was like the sea parts in the gallery. You know, and yeah. I'm just tingling, just oh my god, Philippe Verne is here. <laughs> you know, and he walks through the room and he looks at everything, and I'm just waiting for worshipful words. You know. And he looks at me and he goes, painting is dead. Oh, God. Okay. And I was just like, man. Right. I actually went to the bathroom and cried. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. crushed my soul. That's sad. You know, I was so excited he showed up. But, you know, now I look back at it, it was just like, man, whatever. What a loser. Yeah. I mean, that's unnecessary. It was truly unnecessary, but yeah, painting's dead. That's the problem. And then leaves. You know, it was just like. Yeah, like like just walk in there. Here you are, just just trying to do a gallery in Northeast Minneapolis. You know, just trying to trying to make the community better. And some guy walks in and just lays one out. But we had great shows. But I I think the thing I was most proud of is that my flyers were always creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would send out. uh, Well, I think 
one show with uh, Heather Ray. She did uh, nude photography. We sent out uh, all the invitations on condoms. Oh, yeah. Um, somebody did a show, I think it was Bob Fireeyes, an architect, did a show on models, and we yep. sent the invitations out on rat traps. <laughs> you know, we had a lot right. of really Super great in, uh, invitations mm-hmm. that we sent to people. People collected them. And, yeah, you know, I like, love Bob. By the way, he's a character. He's so fun. He's, he's hysterical. Yeah, he yeah, really is. Very much a character. Yeah. But yeah it, and I think that really kind of propelled me into yeah. what I got into and doing, you know, working with architects then. And then architects at the airport kind of propelled me into what I'm doing now because I really enjoy working with construction and architects. Right. And art is just all so fantastic. So you, yeah, and then that kind of led into the airport, right? And how did that all? No, that was just a fluke, was actually. It? I had gone down to Santa Fe. I have a place down there, so I, was, I decided, I'm leaving the Twin Cities, and so I was going to live down there. And that was just, no, no, no. Speed limit down there was like 25. And it's like the average <laughs> age is like 70. And I was just like, what about, oh, no, I got to get out of here. So a girlfriend called. She goes, there's this job open at the airport. You should, you should do it. And I was like, I have no masters of fine arts. No, I can't do that. She was like, yeah, I think you could. And uh, basically, it was almost like a, a Monty Python sketch. It was like the commissioners welcoming you and all this fanfare. And people were telling you how happy they are to have you there. Your offices are right through this door. And you walk through the door, and it's just an empty white room. Cubicle. Yeah. I mean, there, I had no staff. I had oh. no budget. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. what? You know, so I, I, I got to make it up as I as, saw as fit. You, yeah. And it, it was great because we put together a music program and we opened up the first film screening room in a U.S. airport. And we had some amazing shows. But the thing that was really great was working with the architects every mm-hmm. day and creating these huge legacy projects that are going into the airport that'll be there for like the next 25, 30 years. And to me, that's exciting. Was it it that art was sort of an afterthought at the airport or something in in its early years and they just decided, hey, it's time for us to take this airport seriously and put some art in here and stuff? It wasn't an afterthought. I think it was just a slow rollout for MSP. Um, Many airports across the country were starting in the last 10, 15 years to really embrace the idea of de-stressing people because people are freaking nuts at airports. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to do something to calm them down. You don't want right. them on a plane acting the way they do trying to get through TSA. <laughs> right. So, you know, you got to de-stress and bring them down. And so we just had started to uh, look at many of the different airports like SFO, San Francisco, and uh, Miami, Chicago, that all uh, incorporated art into their large-scale programming and some smaller programming. San Diego has great daily programming for its um Mm -hmm. its travelers and so we kind of took a little bit of both the legacy projects the operational improvements and then the day-to-day because i mean minnesota is rich with all this talent here and and you didn't think you could get the job and listen to you now like you you got this well you know it it took a little bit of combination of thinking what did i do at channel nine you know and creating the buzz uh put us in the mix with all the creatives in the community and by the time it left the air it was on the air for eight years by the time it left the years the air we had uh partnerships with first avenue and the Hennepin theater trust that when artists came to town Mm -hmm. the first thing they told their managers is that you have to go to channel nine 
mm. and do an interview. So cool. it grew in stature, you know, and it was very cool. We had, you know, the BBC would call us, Variety mentioned us, you know, a lot of times because what we were doing were novel. And I kept all those relationships. Yeah. And um, just kind of called in some debts at the airport. I realized <laughs> I didn't have a budget. Uh, to pay people so I was like hey come play at the airport you want to work out some new material got right. going on the road you want to try something out try it out at the airport first so I was able to parlay some relationships into coming out there and, and starting some programs that were really worthwhile like the music program is so diverse now and um, you know we uh, well we I don't work there anymore but uh, at, at the time when I was working there um, the program consisted of uh, West African guitar uh, Native American flute and guitar, uh, uh, Indian sitar, Russian balalaika, Greek bazooki, uh, smooth jazz, harp, show tunes, piano, or orchestral. And then, I mean, we we knocked I mean, it out. That's, and, yeah, that you know, is the gamut. That's awesome. You know, a so it, it developed, and we had some great programming. When Super Bowl came, we had ten days of diverse programming. We had native dancers and flamenco, and we had a step show by the fraternities, black fraternities. We had Irish step dancing. You know, all that. It was huge. It was it's fantastic. But I just kept going back to the architects. What they were doing was mm -hmm. just amazing, and. Uh, being able to kind of figure out what the airport's going to look like for the next 25, 30 years and incorporate art in all of it yep. is just it's amazing. And, you know, it. you're looking at all these other airports, and I'm competitive as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at these other airports, and it's like, yeah, this is going to be us in five years. Five, yeah, five yeah. years. We're going to have all this. It's going to be the bomb. And they're looking at me at the airport like, what? No, no. And I'm like, nope, nope. We're going to be the bomb. It's going to be amazing, amazing. And, you know, I feel really lucky because in three, we got mentioned by one of the travel bloggers as one of the most, 12 most beautiful airports in the world. Oh. It's really, really it, different out I, there. It is. I love and, the airport yeah. here, I have to say. I was going to mention, I don't know if you know, but you've worked with Mercury Mosaics out yes. there quite a bit, who's a good friend of ours who we use quite mercedes a bit actually mercedes and Karen. is um, fantastic they did the first no i'm sorry the third prototype restroom for us um that got so much attention and since then the program has yeah. just taken off and the, and those are the the programs that i'm talking about that you know working with the architects and you know they conceived you know getting rid of that drastic wrist-slitting blue uh, right that is, right it, it's, it's like horrible blue oh my god it's, it's somebody told something. someone that this is what you should have to calm people down and that is just you know well right. there's so much warmer when you when you put in like that handmade tile from mercury mosaics yes i know that the, the yep. denver airport <clears throat> there's uh i was walking through the denver airport and there was a giant mural tile mural of I don't know if it was a mountain scenery and there might have been some animals in it. And then I looked at the bottom and it was uh, Mercury Mosaics. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I was like, huh, man. Denver has some really crazy satanic, like, you know, oh, do artwork they? there. Do they? You know, they're, they I are know. known know, right. around the world for having artwork that supposedly has subliminal satanic it, that's messages. exactly right yeah because yeah because yeah, we were just in denver amber and i and, mm -hmm. and we were and is and this I purposeful told, do you suppose I, this, it has nothing to do but people have developed all these crazy theories about the art yeah. out there yeah. and the the art staff have yep. to be walked to their car at night by security <laughs> because they have people that show up with these 
really crazy extreme ideas about what the artwork means out there. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I read an article supposed to be an underground base yeah. or something, yeah. right? You know, there's you know what happened? To... People think oh, that there's an it. underground think, alien yeah. base yeah. underneath yeah. Denver Airport. What it was is that they were doing construction for the tram. Yeah. And the construction workers thought it'd be funny to jump out and scare people in alien masks, and somebody was tape recording it. Oh, and then boy. they posted it, and people were like, no, it's <laughs> true, it's aliens! It. That was oh it. Oh, my God, that's yeah. hilarious. And it was like an ET mask. that's funny. But there, okay. there are some weird things, like the big right. blue Mustang out front. Yep. The yep. guy who, the original artist on it, the statue fell on him and killed him. Uh-huh. So his kids uh. picked up. And after that, like a series of bad things happened. So people say that's cursed. Okay. And then there's a a mural that has pictures of... That's the one I know about. Stormtroopers and happy kids and lederhosen. Right. You guys, it usually takes until the second half of the show (laughs) to get (laughs) into the crazy. crazy. It does. No, no, I love it. You guys just segued into it. I mean, Sarah's writing notes. But it's true. (laughs) It is true. Uh, And I was just at the Denver airport this last year and and that was was a topic. I I remember Amber and I walking through it and I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, they're supposed to be and I was looking for it then. I yeah. was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'll be it's able to see it. It's got this weird mix of like people dying and stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And then on the so other half much. of it is like a new world of children right. signing a document. And there's been theories that if you look at the young white boy in Lederhosen with the blonde hair, it is actually Prince William, and he is signing the new world order of what's coming. You know, it's oh, some crazy. Oh, it's some wow, way crazy. Wow, people yeah. have formulated uh-huh. these theories, but yeah. it's just a painting that someone made, right? And someone liked it. Yep, and and put, put it, it in, it the, in airport. the airport. Yeah, you know <laughs> what they should have is a series of air guitars. A whole bunch of air guitars. You can't say you can't say anything bad about an air you can't guitar. Just press the right, button. So, so Robin, I, I'm just going to tell you right now. So this is we're going to go on a little side just for okay, a moment here. Okay. But anyways, I had some. You know, before I painted the paintings, it was just a white canvas, and the idea was like that that it was an air guitar painting and you don't see it it just says air guitar with a little and it was like tag. I love that with though. a little tag that says Eddie Van Halen you know you just think that, it's that's there fantastic. it's just that's you know because like, when you're playing it it's invisible so like the guitar volume goes up to the left yeah it's exactly very very uh, yeah, spinal tap it's very like spinal that. tap so yeah. So there's yeah. so if you notice you the white canvases can't on read the hall, I did and I was yeah, just that's, like oh, that's a whole concert prepping. series actually that's Whoa. the air concert See, that's series what they should have you got to do a piano player. size one at some point yeah I, I will. Elton Elton's air <laughs> Elton's piano air piano when yeah. you sit and you the know. airport needs that I think yeah. in a bad right. way yeah and yeah. then and then you <laughs> just you just look at it and the your mind wanders into the abyss of just nothing <laughs> oh god don't wander into Jim's abyss uh, it's weird oh, i'm just kidding i love it in there. Yeah. We, we hang out in Jim's abyss but i like <laughs> that, that sounds it has terrible nothing. i had a similar idea for an exhibit <laughs> yeah and i was well on my way to completing it i had collected like beer cozies and matchbooks from like a slew of bars from around the world yeah. and i was gonna do this exhibit called drinking around the world and yeah. just kind of like have all this crap Right. That I collected from bars around the world and just kind of named I, the bar in the city. And that sounds perfect. It would go over well here. Yeah, this it is, would. This city's full. I of mean, fun. it's a drinking. <laughs> it's a drinking city here. Go and drink. I mean, you could museum. barely get a gallery opened here. They wanted to. I know nobody you know. wants to come unless you have alcohol. Right. And at some point, when I, you know, when I had the gallery, I knew the ones that were making the 
the galleries their dinner and alcohol stop on Friday oh, night. Oh, sure. That's tough. And I would ban them. It's like, yeah. oh, no, you can't come in. No, you, you eat know. all the appetizers. You, you eat all the appetizers. You drink all the wine. You're just right. kind of coasting through until <laughs> yeah. you can think <laughs> of what other galleries open. And it's got, you know, like, yeah, you just getting through to tomorrow is all yeah. they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some free oh, man. cheese and crackers. Yeah, and Jim's she, like, mm, this is dinner that might tonight. have been me. <laughs> it was not me. I always represented. Well, I mean, I I did drink the wine for no, sure. No, you always represented the finer caliber of Twin Cities. Always, always quiet, respectful. Yeah, yeah, polite. There were some that were not, man. Right. I know. And we could, it's, I, to, keep, to protect the innocent, there are some I had to ask to shower before the reception. Oh, boy. Oh, for sure. That's tough. And you take know. meds. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, an art gallery sometimes just does that. I, I'll just say a quick thing. So I had a art gallery that represented me out in Laguna Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there was some people that showed up on the opening of one of my shows and you know they're kind of beach people so they just live on the beach <laughs> and, 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 open the and you know yeah. i was like whoa what's this about <laughs> what's you know this? And, just, and just here to just buy some art came man came in ate, <laughs> drank some wine had some Jesus <laughs> and, and i was like oh my, on. oh my gosh and um the woman who ran it was her name was marion and uh i was like what's up with these guys, you know? And they're like, oh, they won't stay long. They'll just be in here for like 15 minutes. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. But anyways, yeah, that happens with art galleries sometimes. You might preemptively, if you owned a gallery out there, like just wrap up 25 sandwiches and like 10 (laughs) to-go cups of wine or something. And be like, (laughs) back line. No need to enter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yep. Yep. That's oh my god! <laughs> that is so perfect. I uh, saw you coming a mile away. <laughs> right, right. We know the routine, Larry. Yeah, Go on. I know. I know. In the back, back there. I have to say, the gallery owner was really sweet out there, and um, she would always uh, give this one gentleman that would show up. She'd give him like ten bucks or twenty yeah. bucks, and and she just you know it was like just it's get, helping him out, yeah. and you know it was like okay, <laughs> you know, but yeah. but I was you know I was like whoa. This isn't what I expected, yeah. you know. Right. You thought you were going somewhere. I, I thought I was. I thought this was fancy, you know. You thought you were big time, right? right. Laguna oh, Beach. Jimmy. Maybe that's go. why. Well, it Laguna is. Beach sounds kind of classy. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was, but it, it didn't work out. Didn't work that way. Didn't work that way. Yeah. Art is tough. It yeah, is. As tough. you know, you know. It's, I did have a couple classy visitors. Though. Yeah. Dame Edna came. Oh, oh, well, there you go. Once. Yeah. And you don't get much class You don't get much class I mean, that's that. She was very full sweet. On. Yeah. Very sweet. She came without makeup. Barry Humphreys. Oh, okay. You know, came yep. with his assistant. They were right. lovely. You know? Yeah. And part of that voice really is him because he would look at things like, ooh, you know, just kind of like, you know, it's like, this is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it sounds like the queen is up in my yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then I had some, I had an infamous one. Yeah. Bill Cosby came to my gallery. Really? Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's... Uh, Mr. Jello Pudding Pop. Yeah. 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 I mean, that must have been like, wow. Well, it was weird. Okay, so here's a weird backstory on it. Okay, so there's a lady here in town. I won't mention her name, but her father uh, was very important in public schools Mm -hmm. and then went on to New York. And somehow he became friends with the Cosbys because they both have PhDs in education. They kind of glommed onto him and, you know, they were, you know, social. And so families became close. And so he would 
come here and perform and then visit with the family. And so one night I get off the air and someone in the newsroom goes, Bill Cosby's on the phone. And I was like, no. So, I, you know, I get on the phone. Because usually you get weirdos on the phone that call yeah. you and say horrible things to you after right. newscast. So it's like, yeah, sure, it's Bill Cosby. And it was Bill Cosby. And we talked for a little bit. And he told me that he knew these people in town. And I was like, oh, this is wonderful. And um, at the time, there was a young man in town that was dating one of his daughters. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, I know your daughter. Yeah. And so, uh, it, you know, he was just very chatty, chatty, la, la, la. And so he said, well, give me your phone number and I'll call you later after I go to the hotel room. And so, you know, I, I'm sure now you hear like, eh, eh, eh. Right, right. <laughs> but at the time, it was really innocent, you know. You hear like, So, you know, I go home, he calls, and I was over uh, my friend's house at the time, and he's in the kitchen, and we must have talked for like an hour. And he goes, well, I'm going to come by your gallery and see your gallery because one of my daughters... Oh, is a photographer maybe we could, she could do a show here and I was like oh that sounds wonderful la, la, la. and so uh, I hang up and I told my boyfriend I said that was Bill Cosby I'm so excited you know he wants to come to the gallery tomorrow he just got that old man wants to screw you and I was just like no he doesn't he's Bill Cosby he's a legend no that is so awful he was like yeah whatever and I was just like oh well no and he came that he was a perfect gentleman and he left but now I think about it my friend was probably like foreshadowing something that could have been right, horrible you know right, but you right, know right. but yeah he showed up at the gallery yeah yeah, yeah. and his yeah. friend showed up once yeah oh which yeah. is I mean, Prince. That's, Prince. Well, they, you now, just now kind of threw that really in there, like Prince. casually, yeah, right? casually. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that, and the bar just that's jumped the man way right up there. to I the know. very top. So tell yeah. us about that one. You know, Prince. Yeah, you know, and I, I love him, and but we had a relationship that was very honest, mm-hmm. and I would say things to him because sometimes he would do things that would just kind of get on your nerves, to be honest. <laughs> and so he was very Prince. He came, and he didn't want anybody to be there, so it was empty, you know. And he came, and then he did. You know, he, he was very close to having a George Jefferson walk that he did. You know, it was kind of peacocky, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. dude, you know, because he kind of walk around, you know, like. Yeah, that sounds through, about you know? right. Yeah. You know, and he kept saying over and over again, I just, I finally just gave up. He's, Do you represent African-American artists? And I said, well, I have several artists that, you know, African-American. But do you represent African-American artists? Because you should represent African-American artists. And you must said it like 12 times in a row. And it kind of got on my nerves. And, you know, he would do things like that. And so I brought him some art from one of the community's premier African-American artists. And then he said, do you want to stay for dinner? Because he was cooking for this beautiful woman who had to be like six foot tall, just like the color of milk chocolate and long legs. And she's sitting there silent. You know, most of his friends were always silent. They never mm. said anything. So you're the awkward one in the room. And he's like, do you want you, something to eat? And she's silent. gorgeous. She looks like she's from another planet. I just came rolling in from Northeast. No, I feel like a schlub. You know, I don't want to eat with you people. You know, I want to kind of like leave. I feel horrible. So, you know, he, he would do things and just repeat things over and over again. And to the point I would snap and say something that his aides would look at me horrified with large eyes. It's like one day we went out to Paisley Park. He wanted me to do something. And he wanted me to talk about it on the air. And by this time I had done the big interview with him, so he's comfortable enough to call me all the time for whatever little little things he wanted. And so we go out there, 
And I'm with a very verbal photographer. And so he makes us sit up in a studio and he decides he doesn't like that studio. So he makes us move to another studio. And so we set up all our lights again, the microphones. He decides he doesn't like that. He moves it to a new room that he was building, but it was full of toxic fumes. And so we're like, we can't do this in here. We're whispering to each other. We can't do this in here. We're going to die. And so finally he realizes it's toxic. So he moves us back to the original spot. And my photographer is going, I'm not moving again. I got stuff to do. I, I, I don't have time to be out here all day. I love Scott. Scott. Scott Keller. He's the best. <laughs> so um, then um, he moves us to this big sound studio. But every time he moves us, he's walking behind us saying, do you have frizzy lights? Because when Herb Rich shoots me, he uses frizzy lights. <laughs> you know, when, when I was with Herb Ritz last, he used frizzy lights. <laughs> Do you guys have frizzy lights? And, you know, I'm at this point just like, I got to get back to the station. I can't miss my slot. Scott is pissed off. I've got to get this done. It's Prince, though. What do I say? You know, and he, by the time he hit frizzy light number six, yeah. I snapped. Yeah. And I turned around and I said, Look, man, we don't have any goddamn frizzy lights, <laughs> but we're going to make you look good. Uh-huh. We're going to make you look good. And his eyes just got real big. And I would say things like that to him because I, you know, I was just like, Prince, I dig you, man, but you are Enough. like really kind of just stop with the frizzy lights. Stop with the African-American art. <laughs> the I, you the were world. like kind of killing me with this, you know. So, yeah, I mean. It's it's like the Felix Fern, you know, painting's dead. You have people just come in and just kind of crush your soul. You know? Right, right. <sighs> All right, dude, just please stop talking. Please stop talking. Please stop talking. Oh I'd heard gosh. he was eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> you know, super eccentric. So yeah. every now and then I would like bust out on something that would just like freak him out. Yeah, why not? Yeah, it was fun. You know, we're all just human. Like Come on, Prince. I was like, Enough I wore, with the frizzy lights. I wore lines related to one of your concerts. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. I was like, yeah, you told us to. You said wear lingerie to a restaurant. I came to your concert in lingerie. Oh, you're going to lose your job. I was like, oh, I think I'm not going to lose my job. <laughs> You'll be fine. Half this town did exactly what I did. So, right, you know, so. right. But yeah, you could say things like that, and then he tried to blush, and I was like, no blushing. You said do that. <laughs> right. What are you getting nervous about now? You can't be nervous now. I can't picture him nervous, mm. you know? Well, he was shy. He's very shy. Yeah. Very shy. Mm-hmm. But shy, but, in, mm-hmm. but eccentric. Mm-hmm. Shy, eccentric, and just funny. Yeah. Weird yeah. And funny. Yeah. Yeah. That, he yeah. invited me by to watch a Midnight Special. That's weird. The, he had him on VHS tape. <laughs> and he's the, like, Midnight Special. Do you like music? I was like, Yeah. And he's like, Flip one in the machine. <laughs> we laid on the floor and watched it. That is awesome. Awesome. Just lay it on the floor. Midnight special. You know. There it See, is. See, when, when I think of, you know, if, uh, I've said this before, but if, <laughs> if, there were, if there were kind of the ability for me to be eccentric, like if I had enough money to be eccentric and I just didn't care, like Prince and, uh, oh, darn Oh, it. you have someone else. Yeah, who's the, uh, the other comedian, old guy. Now. Uh, oh, oh, George okay. Carlin? No, no, no. George Carlin's awesome, too. Um, Louis Black? Richard no. Pryor? No, you guys are... Uh, Benny Hill? No, he's been in a bunch of movies. Anyway, oh god, oh my god, I, I can put on the spot. I did this Comedian. to myself. Bob Hope, an actor. Bob Hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you should totally be Bob Hope. Oh god, I 
that's that's your, that's that's your guy. Circle. You're Bob uh, Hope. Oh, you guys are killing me. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, no, no, Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. Is that a comedian? <laughs> or maybe he was. Right. I, I think he know. may have done. Mel comedy. Brooks? No, not that old. Well, Don God, I'm going back to Don, much, much younger. Don no, Rickles? God, Don, I hated all those guys. Oh, so, really? Well, my what, mom what are we Don talking Rickles about? Oh, oh the guys so who, did my mom. The guys who oh, hated like their, that guy. Oh, their, oh, their yeah. humor was all about tearing other people down. Yeah, except yeah, uh, it was not good. Like, like if he came on TV, oh. my mom was like, I, that guy's a jackass. R- Rodney yeah. Dangerfield is the only one Rodney that I thought was kind of, kind of funny. funny. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, he, he took, was stupid funny. Yeah. Well, he took the piss out of himself enough that it, yeah. like. Right. Sam Kinison? No. Well, oh, my God. You guys are killing me. No, with that's that. my sister. I, just give me a few minutes. What? Is this yeah. your Columbo just thing? Oh my no. I got I'll, I'll figure it out. I got okay. all kinds of Sam, stories. Sam, do you hear that, Jim? What? Sam Kinison asked her sister out. What? Yeah. Yeah, right. Can you tell? Oh, it's so sweet and harmless. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah, yeah, which isn't you know that's well. I mean, jeez, yeah. he was in rough shape. Well, he was doing he was always stand screaming. up, and she was in the audience, and he was just like, he started talking to her directly and telling yeah. her his jokes. And he, you're a pretty girl. What's your name? And she's like Angie, Angie, Angela. I like that. And he'd kind of go and start doing shtick, and he came back to her a couple times, and then her his handler came and was like. Sam would like to see you in his dressing room oh. after the show. You know, that creepy thing. Yeah, yeah. It's about to happen. <laughs> no. I mean, it's Sam Kennison. I mean, he, Is he going to be screaming? nothing but a gentleman. But really? She said, you know, he was insistent that he come to her show in Las Vegas. And she's right. like, I'm not coming. He's like, well, bring friends. You can bring as many friends as you want. Yeah. It's like, honestly, I'd just like to have you come. And she's right. like, no. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Just go. It's Vegas. You know, it's just, And it is Sam Kennison. Sam I mean, Kennison. it's kind of fun. And then a couple months later, he was dead. Yeah. Oh, wow. He what was he? He did something with a what was that rock video that he introduced? Oh, Aerosmith. He, was it Aerosmith? Uh, shoot. Or was uh, it uh, Twisted Sister? No, no. no. Oh, geez, screamed Louise. Yeah. yeah, he screamed, he screamed a lot. all the time. Yeah, I remember screamed he was in some tough. video. This what is uh, Motley Crue. The, probably the part of the podcast where I give the disclosure about us not not ever providing accurate information. <laughs> 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 right. Except right. I'm gonna you just make gonna, it up. Uh, Bill Murray was the name I was trying to think of. Oh, Bill Murray. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on, you could have just thrown out Ghostbusters. He is a cultural icon. He is a but you guys threw so much at me, I got all flustered. I couldn't think of it. What I was gonna say is that when you look at the the private lives of of Prince and kind of and Bill Murray, not that they're at all similar, I guess, but like the amount of time that they can spend being eccentric but still really likable and likable yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, uh, to me i like if the, i i just admire that part. you know like the story what came out on the news that he got arrested for driving a golf cart drunk like, <laughs> no i didn't, didn't hear that and, bill murray and, and, and you know everybody cheered at home nobody was upset about oh poor bill murray he needs to go to rehab everybody's just like yes it's bill murray yes <laughs> of course <laughs> he did of he's course. allowed to do that you know if you're gonna get yeah yeah if you're gonna get uh, arrested for driving anything drunk, it, it should be a golf cart. It should be a golf <laughs> yeah, cart. We right. should be glad that he <laughs> right. just drove was, a golf cart. Right. Yeah. Two miles an hour you know, in the... Yeah. What? Whatever so maybe maybe you could have left him alone. You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he hurting? No one. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, was it Bad Medicine? Yeah. That? Yeah, That's by it. That's Bon Jovi. Oh. Who is really? That's Sam Kinison was in the Sam band. Kickstart my heart. I knew that's what it was. It was Monty with crew. your favorite. Really? Yeah, the crew. The crew. The crew. He was. I in, met he was Tommy in a... Lee. He is so nice. Really? 
that's so is nice. he? Oh, we, we kind of have this Tommy. obsession with getting I, the crew. We, it just the keeps crew on up. on the podcast. Love Any member of Tommy the crew. Lee. Well, we'll 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 beg and plead to it's have a you huge reach Methods out. Methods of Mayhem fan. Oh yeah, that was his uh, side project yeah. there for a while. I yeah. met him. Honest to God, he was at the depot. Yeah. The depot. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I love our town. How did you meet him? Like, well, obviously. My was intrepid this... reporter skills yeah, found out you just... that he was playing the depot and, 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 and sought him out. <laughs> Reached out. Yes. Oh, my gosh, Rob. Yeah. I can picture you just like, I'm going to the depot. Tommy Lee's there tonight. I'm, well, I, I'm kind of looking this. at me like I was crazy. I'm, I'm on this quest to get, to get someone from the crew in for, for Jim. Just for Jim. You just... probably could. Oh, I th- we're, we could. were pretty close. We, we, we almost had Vince, but he's in rough shape nowadays. He's coming to town to play uh, Mystic Lake, I, you know? He did that show where he had plastic surgery and slowed oh, down and yeah, all that. I yeah. thought he would be in better shape. Yeah, it, well, he it went uh, w- <laughs> Rumor, Rumor on the street. We, this is, again, not accurate information. Yeah, no, we don't know for sure what's accurate. going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he's maybe falling on rough times personally again. Right. But, but he's uh, rocking. What? You're going to play the 331 Club? Oh, we love him. We love the 331. We're always there. Jared, yeah. Well, yeah. we've had we've had a few younger musical guests who've come through who are you know just kind of making a name Starting for themselves, and yeah. that's a that's a popular that's venue these days. Seriously, yeah, yeah it really is. Yep. When was well, the last wait. time you were there? I was gonna go until they were charging like one hundred fifty dollars for Eric B and Rakim. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like, no, but they were like, well, go to the Amsterdam. It's only forty bucks in St. Paul, and I was like. Uh. How can you do that? He's like 150, That's, 40. Oh, and the Amsterdam's a nice joint. Amsterdam's oh, very for nice sure joint. it is, yeah. But the 331, intimate. Intimate. <laughs> very very intimate. intimate. And it's very I mean, dark, which mm-hmm. we appreciate. You could just roll in there and belly up to the bar. Yeah, we reached I, out I, to them as well. I actually got intimidated in the 331 club by Phil Harder. Oh. I, I worship Phil Harder. He's a great okay. guy, an amazing filmmaker mm-hmm. in town. Uh, really worked, uh, most of his work, most people know him for, is doing work with Lowe. Yep. Um, but he's one of these quiet guys like right. you. He's super yeah. quiet and he doesn't say anything. And so he holds court at the 331. And I, you know, I was just like in the presence of you know, Phil Harder, who made all these seminal uh, 90s videos. I think yeah. he did um, Babes in Toyland. Uh huh. <laughs> Yep. I love Babes in Toyland. We just had Lori Barbera. She's my girl. <laughs> yeah, we she just had her in last week. I adore week. her. Yeah, she's super sweet. So you know, I was in the presence of greatness, and I yeah. just lost my words. And he doesn't speak, so I was just oh, like intimidated. And like, like you said, it's super dark. Uh-huh. And he was with his posse, right. and I was just like, "Oh my god, I gotta leave. I'm embarrassing myself." You know, it was just one of those moments. At least it's dark, right? Can't yeah. see a blush. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can come to three three one with us. We're there. All the time. We're pretty we're regular. <laughs> we're kind of regulars there. Yeah. Like we can well, we, don't, we don't go. We don't go for music, and not that we wouldn't. You go no. trivia. We, uh, no, no, we, we go for an just... afternoon stop. We have a. Oh, I love you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we have a a meeting that we have usually every, every week on yep. Tuesdays. Sure, and then so that's what you call it. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, this is our one right. and only one so, and only standing meeting. Wow. Yeah. It's like she's Con- looking right through constantly me. Constantly in the <laughs> What did I do to deserve this today? But it's on the way home in quotations, yeah, okay. right? Yeah. So, no, right, no, we guys. meet with our developers and we talk about about our digital things that we're developing. Yep. And then when we get done with that and we need to decompress we and, need some and talk for a little time. bit, we go there. And three, three, one helps us out. The because, but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are we going to make a go of this? Right. 
Don't reveal it. Oh, that's right. Oh. No, but we actually get a lot of work done at the bar. We do. A lot of creative work, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, we sure do. No, it's true. I have the notes. Robin's I can like, prove it. No, no I it see sounds the like whole no, the, no, I'm thinking that the hops fairies are kind of giving you a little stimulation. Well, hey, whatever <laughs> you know. it takes, right? You know. the, the, the fairies are there for sure. The hops fairies are there. <laughs> oh, God. For me, it's the Prosecco fairies. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. about like maybe three or four in the afternoon. Yeah. They're I nice could, too. I could go they're for that lovely. too. Oh yeah, the, oh, rosé fairies so in summer. A little Bellini. <laughs> they are so creative. Those little, little fairies. Man, and then the next day they're looking at like, hmm, not Some, as creative as I thought wait, I was. What that? Sometimes <laughs> Sarah and I are high fiving ourselves at the, at the bar. Oh, Jim, so we have smart. some, we have some good ideas. Yes, and then I look we, at my handwriting, and it's really? like, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, That's but sometimes we have some very good ideas. Yeah, we try. it's a good, um, good place. Would you like to stick around with us, and would you like to take a break, or would you like to just keep going? We're 45 minutes into this. Oh, I'm enjoying myself. Let's just keep rolling. If you All right, guys perfect. Want to. No, that's great. Okay. Yeah, we ask that. I'll slip a little break break time. I'll slip a little break in there anyway. The listeners. 45 minutes yeah. were sponsored by Fiji. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Hello, Fiji. Thank you, Fiji. Give us we some could, free We could water. use some sponsors. Fiji. For our yeah. guests. We're ready. We're ready there for sponsors. Oh, did that, did that oh, can anybody? Oh, oh. No, that didn't sound pleasant. Well, that, but, it, but it was true. You did take pleasant. the cap off. That didn't sound right, though. It didn't. It, not really. It sounded kind of... I feel like the good people at Fiji have uh, bigger fish to fry than... than yeah. I don't know. They need crew, to change but... that commercial, though, because the singing people are really starting to get to me every now and then. Oh, I don't see the I commercial. Yeah. Oh, you haven't heard the singing no. No. people? Packing for a trip? Let Pack Simply give you a little help by delivering travel-safe products directly to your door in an airport security-safe pouch. Unbelievably easy and surprisingly simple. Make your life easier. Visit PackSimply.com. All right, all right, all right. Need some help with a construction project? Looking for thoughtful design and honest answers about what is possible and what isn't? Kinetic Design Build is a full-service boutique remodeling service, residential and commercial clients in the Twin Cities. Design and build with a purpose. Visit kineticdesignbuild.com to request a consolation. God, I just like that. That one. All right, that one is definitely not going to be mine. That could be oh, my favorite. Want to go on a wilderness adventure with Sam? Or maybe know a group of kids who could benefit from a break from their electronics? Maybe you just need a break from the kids. Visit earthed.org for more information about how to get started. Brought to you by the Andalin app. Preserve your memories, prepare for the future, and share with those you love. Andalin... Ah, shit. Andalin, now available in the App Store and Google Play. Visit andalin.app for more information. Do you have an idea that you know deserves a digital solution? Finding a partner to help navigate the digital design and application building process can be daunting. Mobile Composer, in partnership with Kinetic Legacy, offers forward-thinking design built on a stable and adaptable compliance platform. Visit mcomposer.com or kineticlegacy.us to get started building the solutions of tomorrow. 
Enterprise or consumer together, Mobile Composer and Kinetic Legacy offer solutions that work in a language you can understand. Interested in art? James Holmberg... Interested in art? James Holmberg is both an artist and an art consultant. Let James guide you to an original work that will come alive in your home. Visit jamesholmberg.com to find out more. It, no. It's bad. I mean, it, it, when it first started out, it had it was inspirational, but now it's just kind of like... It's wearing just, on you? I turned the volume down. when You never it, heard it? No. Oh, no. you guys don't... You're of a generation that doesn't watch TV. Not much. Not, yeah. Not much. So I, much. I, I got to have those commercials. Not obviously. a lot of time. Oh, you like the Are they soothing? Mm, you know, I do like commercials. I yeah. like creative people. I do like to see, you know, what they come up with. You know, sometimes That's... it's really interesting. You dissect commercials. Sometimes it's just background noise. But yeah. The Fiji commercial, when it first started, it sounded, you know, all natural and everybody kind of, you know, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds like Fiji water. Yeah. Right. right. I'd buy that. <laughs> sounds like yeah. I should pay eight bucks a gallon for yes. that stuff. Now it's just like, oh, those voices turned in. Speaking of which, have you seen the um, commercials? I, I want to say it's, is it Michelob? Or no. This is what some, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. With, it's with, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yes, exactly. And she's doing it. Yeah. Michelob. Right. Draft. Whatever I'm saying. It's beer. Yeah. That's really? right. Yeah. Just That's, like a voiceover? Or does she show No, up? they show no, her you, and she's sitting like in a mountain resort like she's in like Bali. She's in Fiji. Yeah, she's in Fiji. Right. And then she kind of... Cracks open the She beer. cracks it and then she taps the bottle and then she's like, pure beer. And it's Michelob? Pure beer. Really? Is no, really? beer was pure. Pure beer. Yeah. It's a natural source. Really? Michelob. Yeah, you guys gotta <laughs> see the commercial. Yeah. It's, the first time I saw it, I was you're like, killing me, I was though. completely like, what just happened? Yeah, see, you're just I like, was like, what? Did, did, was this a dream? I yeah. thought like I was dreaming for a I moment. I played it because, because it's kind oh, of dream like. I was just like, there you what go. was that? You and it, it, I would like a dream like that. Oh, where, yeah, I'm You sure. know, if I was woke up and I was like, wow, where am I? I'm yeah. in PG. Yeah, but I'd like her dad to be, do that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Pure beer. Sure, Lenny, sure. I'll drink yeah, it. Exactly. I'm drinking it now, Lenny. <laughs> totally Thank beer. You. Is Michelob right. like a more of a Minnesota beer? Than you know, we should probably Whoa. check because Michelob, I'm not sure. Isn't that, that a St. Louis? I'm, I, I have Louis a little beer. bit of knowledge about this. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying, right, since just... I moved to Minnesota, that's like... Well, Michelob is a national slash international well, So then brand. what do we drink? What is the thing? We have, MGD we have Michelob Golden Draft Light. Is that or a Golden different? It, yes, the original Michelobes came in in this uh, very differently shaped little bottle. Sure. And they still have that Michelob and Michelob... Mm-hmm draft or whatever okay they still have that sure really but the so i've lived all over the country and the the michelob golden draft light is something that's kind of only in the upper midwest so people people from the upper midwest who move other places are like i'll have an mgd and that'll get you a Miller Golden Draft yeah. light. Ah, that's some good oh, trivia. Yeah. I like that. So like out in Vegas, they didn't have Michelob Golden Draft light. They had Miller Genuine Draft light. Ooh. So MGD right. light was a completely different thing. Okay, good to know. I did a little go. um, I know. exhibit at the airport about beer and spirits. So I always find this stuff fascinating. About local people? I do too. All local beer Mm -hmm. and spirits, yeah. I think it's a little bit, um, 
it's it's not off-putting it's maybe not disingenuous i don't know what the right word is but if you're trying to sell me on the idea that Michelob is pure beer sent from the heavens or something. <laughs> and she said to try, man. She was just like, no, yeah. She, she's just, definitely. Yeah. I'm not it. buying that one. Yeah. yeah. I'm just not. It's it's, it's beer. She I know it's beer. She had the gauzy white blouse well, and you yeah. know, the puka shells. She's she was whole, selling it. She was yeah. really selling it. She's got the whole thing. That's just the image for you, okay. Sam, since you haven't seen well, the Well, I can pull it up on She's a lovely, beautiful girl. Well, she's gorgeous, yeah. And I mean, the whole scene is like, wow. I that's what I meant. I was like, what is going on? And, but you're talking. In its original form. Right. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure I buy that are they trying? But what's the audience they're trying man. to target? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you go to the factory and there's, a, there's several big giant factories making pure, <laughs> straight from the source, <laughs> blessed by a swami beer. There you go. Right. You know, yeah. that I'm drinking in Fiji? I don't think so. No, I, no. It's the just beer audience. in a bottle. Yeah. But yeah. you know, our audience. beer history is very... Very interesting. Yep. And, you know, and what most people don't know is that beer here was an immigration issue. Sure. I find that fascinating. The, Meaning that uh, originally Minnesota was an ale drinking community. Okay. When the Germans showed up, uh, it it changed and to changed drastic, changed to lager. Yeah. And. The Germans brought their whole culture with them. So uh, there were beer uh, gardens and, you know, after right. church people were drinking and the puritanical people here were just like, you can't drink after oh, church. Oh, good old and, Germans. You know, so it was um, a Minnesota legislator who came up with the idea of prohibition. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I, yeah. Always learning. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting, and, and that explains I had heard why that it had its roots in Minnesota. I didn't really know the Sunday. full story. Right. It did. Oh, we were I, I can't think of the name. What was the act? The, the, the Volstead the, Act. The, the Volstead. It was a, the, the, it was a named after a Minnesota. And Senator. Volstead was from Minnesota. Yes, and I think he was from Kenyon. Yeah. And oh. uh, he tried to introduce that here, but. The German beer meisters are like, yeah, whatever. Good luck. And so they, they realized it could be a political issue. And so they told all their people that came to the beer halls, you have to vote Democratic. Oh. And Minnesota never actually stopped producing beer. Right. Which I love. It's just like thumbs to you, you know. We're, yeah. We're not going to stop. So all the, the caves that I think it was the Bremers yep. opened, Otto Bremer mm-hmm. and all his family opened up. Uh, was because they didn't have any other cooling technique, but what happened was is they dug further down, and many of those caves led out to the river where Chicagoans on barges would come and mm-hmm. pick up the beer and take it mm-hmm. right back to right, Chicago. Right, wow. yeah. How yeah, cool. my my family's got got some history of of having stills and running liquor during Prohibition because Minnesota you. held out. You know, they mm-hmm. they weren't about to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of places in the country did. I mean, it was right. it just created a huge underground market for mm-hmm. liquor. Obviously, we also yeah. made the best. We produced the best corn in the country, so consequently, we produced the best grain alcohol mm-hmm. in ah. the country. And there is a documentary that was made in Minnesota by a Minnesota filmmaker, all about Minnesota Thirteen and how our liquor, corn liquor, was so good that people would ask for it around the country by Minnesota 13. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, I, I could see that coming back. <laughs> Minnesota 13, I like the I sounds of it. I think it is. There is, yeah, a, there is, is. A, 
There's already a, a label. Is there? Yeah, that's okay. been reintroduced. Minnesota 13. A lot huh. of these microbreweries got their start off of legacy grain from some of these old Okay. Brewers. So, yeah, you're starting yeah. to see a lot of the old labels come back. Right. I mean, it's amazing how much this city is evolving, too, in the in a short period of time with yeah. all of the... I mean, it's everywhere, of course, now. Well, how do you feel about it as an artist? Maybe you don't partake in Art of World and all that, but how do you feel about Art of World becoming... Uh, a drinking <sighs> thing? A a music? World. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, so I... Well, well, that's yeah. a solid question. Yeah, and I, so I would say this: the last since since we moved since we moved here into the grain the historical Historic grain belt bottling house, right. which is where our office is, yeah. you know, right. um, we actually as a company participated the last two years in Art of World, which was really fun. I would have my artwork up here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a good friend of mine come in too, Luke Erickson. He mm-hmm. had his photographs. Um, up here too so we did a joint thing and then we as a company you know sort of had um, our get together as brand awareness you know Mm -hmm. um, for um, Andalin and and, uh, such uh, which we did the last two years and it was really fun to invite our friends and family here Mm -hmm. because then they could kind of you know leave and do something else that was good but as Art of World in general here I mean I did not see you know it didn't really work for me as an as an artist i mean i think i think it's kind of fun but it's just a little bit it just uh the focus is not on art no it's not you know so so i you know people would come into the building but they were they just weren't engaged no. into the actual looking at art and and um and i know that might sound off because you know no, it, it, it you know you want to just have an open studio and have it open to public but but, but, but it just it doesn't do anything for the artist community just to have the doors open that's more right. money coming out of your pocket and, and it is and i think that the, the people that really put their all into it going to the city council making art a world and the other subsequent uh tours that they had art on the town there was a couple other of them right really did try to bring money in for artists i know art on the town you got a punch card yeah and if you went to all the different galleries you got a free piece of art which is right. like yeah okay i'm gonna do that but yeah you know with the the city council making this area zone because it was the original site for so so many of the breweries it clashed with what it was doing for the art community and so right. you know i don't see a lot of the places that are open really feeling indebted to showing art or if they do art as an afterthought but the band is first mm-hmm. right you know mm-hmm. and that's really a, it leads a false premise on to this being the biggest art crawl in america because they're not really here for the art crawl they're not right. they're here to see bands and drink and maybe they'll go into a couple of galleries Right. They're not going to buy anything that's over a certain dollar point. Right, right. So then the artists are dumb, dumbing down their work in order to just even make sales for the day. Well, and that's that's exactly right. Um, and so I'm so old that I was part of the first Art of World, mm-hmm. which was back over at the S&M Tire Company. I was there with uh, Doug Padilla, which yes. was one of the original people, you know, that kind of developed Art of World. And mm-hmm. our building was sort of one of the first ones. and. Back then, it was so cool. I mean, we opened up 
an entire, you know, three levels of a building. It was all art. People would come. They, you know, there was no bands. There was nothing. No bands. But we served alcohol in the studio. But it was really quite well, that's nice. That's sort of and, tradition. Yeah, right? and, I mean, and people would purchase artwork. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, it was really cool. And then it just kept generating into what it is today, which is so commercial, I guess. You know, with with the mm-hmm. you know the food trucks and the beer. Well, it's become and, like a scene, right? Well, yeah, it's a little bit a like a mm-hmm. like a like a festival, fair, or, like a festival. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which What's the Uptown one? Is that the Uptown, uptown Art, Art Fair? Fair? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's, that's a shit show. Yeah, but, you know, and people have said they don't come to that one anymore. You know, there's a lot of artists that won't do it. Right. Know? Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, expensive to to rent. First oh, of all, it's very, very expensive, expensive to, to rent space. a space. Yeah, hugely expensive. Right. Yeah, and I think some people love it. I, I don't know. I lived in Germany for a while, and I think of how like every every two weeks or so there was a community festival. Every mm-hmm. single community had their own community festival, or there were national festivals, and they were they were all around a beer tent somewhere and a sausage, mm-hmm. you know, right <laughs> tent over next to it, and and then dancing and stuff. It like. It does seem to be. I, I think we should have more of that because it right. builds. Maybe people are thirsting for something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it builds more community, mm-hmm. just pride or you know, just engagement with people. But but at the same time, if Art of World, it makes me feel kind of bad for the Art of World folks that it would go from being an art centric festival to sort of devolving into a beer and music festival well, with one some thing, art on the side. So Sarah, you had never done Art of World. No. And so this year Sarah and I walked around mm-hmm. and, and it was fun and, and it was enjoyable but I mean it's imp- I mean there are thousands of people. It's, yeah. it, you can't find a parking spot. Oh and yeah. you already I mean, have the anxiety it's like yeah. no, I, I mean, don't want anxiety it before is, we start. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, a lot of the artists open the first night and that's their night to really mm-hmm. kind yep. of make the sales. The Thursday is it Friday or Thursday night? Uh, Friday. Friday night. And so yeah. you know that if you really want to see art, right. go on Thursday night, you know, make yep. the rounds then, but you don't go on the weekend for right. everybody else because yeah. it is impossible now. And it's it's unfortunate that the two worlds clash right? because they can do so much for each other. But I think now Art of World needs to move to uh, a, a design that's almost like the Chicago Expo, which is just exclusively art. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or it's got to be like Miami and and do you know the Art Basel, the art, type art thing, Basel yeah. thing, it, because it, there's got to be a more directed focus on the art community. I mean, this community, uh, artists generate give back to the state three hundred thirteen million dollars hmm. uh, from their earnings. Combine, and I understand why the city it's important because the city, if you have a festival and you combine it with a, a number of different things. Uh, you have theater here, you have Rock the Garden, you have all those ticket sales generate $1.2 billion for wow. the state. Right, right. So they want that party train to keep rolling. They're not so much concerned about the content, but I would think uh, professional artists would have more to contribute if there was something designated just for them where they can make significant sales that actually matter. Mm-hmm. It's our livelihood. Right, because mm-hmm. if not, you know, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. And all the studies that McKnight Foundation have done shown that one of the reasons Minnesota is so successful is because we have people that can work with diverse groups of people 
and think creatively outside the box. And that's all that art brings to this community. Totally. Mm-hmm. So you don't want the people who are feeding the economic drivers to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if, we do, if we don't do something soon about affordable housing and making sure that artists have venues where they can show and actually make money, they'll be gone. Hmm. Yeah, that's sort of like uh, not seeing the forest for the trees or something. Mm-hmm. It, when, you know, of course, there's a lot of important industries in Minnesota, and there's a lot of important things that happen. But if you forsake this one, thinking yeah. that, the, well, this is where it's all at right now. Like, yeah, but if you lose all your creative people, then you don't get this anymore, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I think that I feel about Northeast in general. And I think when I came here a thousand years ago, it was a scary place to be. You didn't want to roll through Northeast, you know, right on your own, you know. Yeah. Um, but then the artists came in, you mm-hmm. know, and the GLBTQ community came in, and everybody saw the creative community that they made for themselves in this old Eastern European blighted community. And then all the hipsters go, that looks fun. I want to be there, too. Right. And then it's killed. So, sadly, I hate to say it, but all the development is just... Yeah, look at it around us. And (laughs) it's pushing the artists out and the people who made it so amazing Mm -hmm. that, you know, it takes that creative life. It it sucks the soul out of it. Isn't this kind of like a a never-ending cycle that happens? Mm -hmm. Everywhere. It does. Well, because because artists usually populate the area that is not desirable. Most affordable. Because because you can get a studio. I mean, when we first got our studio over in Northeast, I mean, it was an abandoned tire warehouse. Seriously. I mean, haven't you had flashbacks in some of these buildings? I've gotten some of these buildings and I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and you I were was there in here one night. <laughs> yeah, you, re- you remember that building where Doug Padilla had his yeah. whole setup. So I mean, that was back in the day, and and it was in the middle of you know a Stinson and uh, and um, isolated. I mean, nothing yeah, over isolated. There. Like at nothing night, I mean, you walk out there and you're like, "Whoo, wow, yeah. you are alone." But you know, three floors of an entire warehouse got populated, populated. by artists. You know, and then all of a sudden, it just you know, the, everyone would eat at the local cafe down mm-hmm. the street. You know, everyone would, you know, for me, my car broke down. So I went, went to the mechanic around the yeah. corner. You yeah. know what I mean? So you start you start giving into the neighborhood. You yeah. know, you're, you're participating into these sort of no man land. You know, and then it just, you know, it grows mm-hmm. as time goes on. And it does become desirable, you know. And, and that's well, there's a lot of, of youthful and creative energy. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. what people they're attracted to, you know, yeah. the loss yeah. of the flame. And sadly, you know, they push them out. Right. You know, they start looking at the property. Like, uh, I went over to the Northrop King the other day, and somebody stopped me. They're, they were in panic mode. You know, the Northrop King was being sold. Who's going to who's gonna buy it? Are we going to have to move? You know, right. you know, how long will they let us stay here before they turn into condos? You know, uh, and that was the whole conversation. Can we get together and try to buy it ourselves? You know, everybody was just oh, yeah. panic. And it, since then, I think it's already been bought. Yeah, but nobody knows what that means. Right, it usually so, means some sort of as, progress that boots yeah. them out. As yeah. Sarah and I went over to that building, actually, we we uh, stopped and had a drink then at the at that bar, and we were talking about that. I was like, you know, that whole area where our second office is actually, now, yeah. you know, um, is being developed. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course that building will turn into, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it'll turn into. But I like how people though are trying to keep spirit alive of what makes Minneapolis so interesting because uh, 
like this coming weekend, I think, is Porch Fest. Mm. <laughs> over south. Okay. In the Kingfield neighborhoods <laughs> yeah. over in the 50s. All the people with the front front porches. Porch porches and, and lounges. Yeah. You know, you sign up, you get an hour or two to perform, you play your guitar, whatever, bring the keyboard outside, and you just walk the neighborhoods listening to people play. There's a sign-up sheet. Oh, that's cool. I that love is that. so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I really love about this community. So right. there are pockets of people still trying to hold on to what makes this a really special place. I think there's I, a lot of pockets yeah. and, a lot, and a lot of people there, there trying is. in their own ways to make this, you know, the community that we all love, mm-hmm. keep it the community mm-hmm. we love, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting how, how everything kind of moves. I just had a conversation this weekend with um, someone who's, you know, who's in charge of Minneapolis housing, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, the conversation was that the city is growing so much that affordable housing is going to be harder and harder to maintain you know and even north minneapolis is going to be the next sort of thing where a a lot of things that are just moving in there well once first avenue moves in yeah it's going to be a radical change i mean it's already changing now but Mm -hmm. it's going to be a radical change what do you mean first avenue what's first avenue doing well along the riverfront first avenue is putting in a you know stage Okay. All that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they've cornered their market on music, so. Oh yeah. Right. You know, they're going to be putting in a, a stage and. Is that on the on the west side of the on river? On the west then? side of the river. Okay. Yeah. So there's a whole I'm, bunch I'm of I'm curious what's going to happen with all there. this, along here. You, this is all going to be really expensive. Yeah, property. of course, of course. <laughs> it's going to be really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing to watch. It's just really how fast it happened and. You know, right now we have a city council and a mayor that are amenable to all this development. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're being asked seriously, insisted upon, that we have to have affordable housing. We can't keep going the way we're going. Yep. People can't live like this, you know. No. I mean, I think over south you're already starting to see what happened on Franklin moving west. So every time I go underneath the viaducts in front of uh, Loring, was it uh, the... Uh, the walker near the walker and the the church that's mm-hmm. in that little triangle mm-hmm. the amount of clothing food bags sleeping bags are starting to yep. accumulate underneath the viaduct so it's just a matter of time you can't stop one it's going to pop up again someplace else where people see the most traffic where they think they can get to people who have money where right. they can get to places that they can sleep eat it's it's overwhelming to see this happening more and more because people just cannot afford to live in this city. Right, right. You know? And and um, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. And if you look at the larger cities around the nation who have not dealt with this well, it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't go away. And it, you, I mean, you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot when you don't think about it and deal with these things mm-hmm. ahead of time. We have yeah. to have affordable housing. Have this to have affordable community housing. has to have it. And it doesn't and it can't be crappy affordable housing where kids are, you know, living in right. situations. You know, I was and, just reading about that. This is the upcoming anniversary of the Grenfell Towers in London. Mm-hmm where the government just under Thatcher and it just kept rolling. They just turned a blind eye to construction materials, uh, cheap shoddy materials. Ugh. And they say that, that the aluminum siding that they used had a layer of plastic in it. That's why it was so cheap and that's why they used it and that's why yeah. they turned a blind eye to it. And that said, there was a seven minute window of that place going up like, like right. a tinderbox. And so no one could get out. And the way we're going 
it can't be this crap affordable housing because you're trapping people in death traps you know i think there's even something that came out about the san francisco fire mm-hmm. with all the, the yeah right? that was a bad one too they yep. still haven't cleaned that up they haven't rectified the problems there there's no place to put people if you keep building these luxury condos you know they're going to go the best places that they could if it's a squat they're going to do it if it's an empty building they're going to do it when i lived in dallas when back in the bust when uh dallas went under because of the oil there were whole skyscrapers that were completely empty Hmm. yeah and people just took them over Mm -hmm. right Uh took them over and they had the pops the police would go in with riot gear and stuff and clean them out every few months but they had no place to go right you know all these beautiful buildings that were empty that's the way i mean i'm dating myself once again but when i was in los angeles um and this is a million years ago, but like downtown Los Angeles oh, was scary. was just so empty. And uh, we had like a little flat area, like mm-hmm. a studio where we lived in, mm-hmm. you know, as an artist, artist thing. Um, but everything, I mean, like at night, you know, it was all, um, you know, people had nowhere to go. And it was just downtown Los Angeles. I know where you I were. Mean, you were like just, on Flower Street. Yeah. Right yep, That's mm-hmm. Real close to that. The, that was um, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very scary. Uh, it was right next to the uh, train station, actually, yeah. is where I was. And, uh, you know, d- you'd walk out during the day and it was like, oh, y- it was weird because you didn't see anyone, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the minute the, the sun went down. It, you know, thousands of people were were just on the streets. It looked like you a know, movie. yeah, with their you know cardboard and and uh, you know tents and stuff. And I always, you know, I didn't, I wasn't there very long, but I, it just uh, fast. I was like, where does everyone go? And where, mm-hmm. did, where is, you know, why don't I see anyone in, in, during the day? Yeah, during you know? the day, it was a lot of women going to seamstress factories, like mm-hmm. textile factories. Yep. Yep. But it was quiet, and then, like you said, as soon as the the sun went down, yeah. it was a whole different world. Right. Uh, and it, I just can't understand how people can't see that you can't displace your people like that. You, right. You know, I don't know if you're turning a blind eye or just thinking dollars and cents, but we have a real crisis here in the Twin Cities. You know, you see it growing, growing more and more every day. You know, yep. there's an uptown every corner. Yeah. has somebody on it now instead of just one corner every right. corner is right. that way but the the buildings are empty too mm-hmm. a lot of the storefronts mm-hmm. are empty which is also you know i i they did that entire uh you know street renovation you know in uptown and and there's you know what happened to all the stores i think that you know i, I was talking to one of the real estate developers and he was saying that they they all kind of bought in thinking, yeah, having chains will all make us money. But Uptown is not a chain place. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-uh. So they no. all left. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now it's just kind of dying now it's just, there. Yeah. It's so interesting, though. So weird it that it, you know. Yeah. Because, uh, what is it, Victoria's Secret, North Face, Columbia. None of them guys. lasted, that's, right? That's yeah, they're open. And then there's some on Lake Street that are open, too, yeah. further down, mm-hmm. uh, west towards uh, past Barbette. And right. then uh, Calhoun Square is up for sale again. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, that's a lot of real estate. It's it a is. lot of real estate. I mean, it is. Wow. Yeah. 
it, yeah. it, it's just... And a, like you said, it's empty during the day in Uptown. Oh, and yeah. And then at night, it's just another world because people are coming from everywhere. Right. But it also brings out the people who have no place to go. Completely. So. Completely. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a whole serious and uh, kind of big topic. Big it is. So, yeah, so I binge-watched Versailles, and it makes me think all about the 18th century. Right. Mm -hmm. But we can't behead anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, not yet. No, I don't. Well, Things have to devolve a little bit. You can't drag them out of their homes and take all their stuff and behead them. All right, I'm going to change this just for a moment because I want to ask you about your um, jewelry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask that. So too. how are you guys, or how are you doing that right now? Where can people find you? And, and how is that? Because that's another evolution of you. That was of a you. huge evolution. It started with Flatland, the gallery. Yeah. Because I started putting my jewelry in there, and people yeah. liked it. And then um, I, I come from a very creative family. So let me say that. And I come from a, a family of teachers. And so my mother's a very smart woman. Uh, they put us in these lovely private schools, but, you know, we come home every day and it's like, oh, this person's having a bar mitzvah and this person's having a sweet 16 and I need a gift for this and that. And she didn't say, we don't have that kind of money. Right. You know, she just, oh, okay, that's nice. And then the weekend would come and she'd go, let's go to the bead store and make something. So we'd spend <laughs> the whole day in the bead store making it. So that's how it really started. Okay. And, and then... Um, I started dating this uh, Greek guy uh, who was from Greece, authentic, straight, pure, pure. <laughs> and, um, straight from the source. Straight from the source. <laughs> and uh, we were in Greece, and we were out to dinner one night, and this lady walked past the table, and she was like, oh, polyorea, you know, she said in Greek. And he turns around and looks at me and goes, did you know what she said? And I said, no. And he goes, she said, that's beautiful. Mm. And I was like, oh, great. So she came past the table again, and she said something else in Greek. And then the third time she came past the table, the two of them had a long exchange, and he turns around and looks at me and goes, give me the bracelet on your arm. And <laughs> I took it off, and she counted out 100 euros, and he gave me half, and he's like, go home and make jewelry. I was like, okay. So <laughs> oh my gosh. it developed from yeah. that, and I started selling it in Greece okay. to his friends, and right. uh, they wound up going into some boutiques there. And, uh, and then I was at a party, and... Um, I was with Suze Ellickson, who is the queen of everything. If you don't know who Suze Ellickson is, she's the queen of food. Uh, she's been on CCO for a thousand years. Yeah, the name's familiar she's for sure. She's in Broadcasting Hall of Fame. She's, she's a legend. So um, she had this uh, benefit for hunger at the mm-hmm. mall, and she was with this really distinguished guy, and we were all drinking, and it was just ee-hee-hee and tee-hee-ha, and uh, he kept grabbing my wrist going, I love this bracelet. And then uh, a couple other people came to the room and they were like, I got your bracelet on. And he was like, what do you do? I said, I can make jewelry. <laughs> and so we kept talking. And he kept asking me these questions, really pointed questions. Like, would you ever sell in this market? Would you ever sell in this market? And I was like, I don't know. You know, I just make jewelry, you know. And so finally he said, well, would you sell it at Macy's? Mm-hmm. And drinking so i said <laughs> <laughs> see the said, hops fairies were yeah, there to the help hops you. fairies yeah. were there yeah. and i said well you know i'm not a big fan of macy's i mean you know so long as they don't get rid of my dayton's um mint chip frangos i don't care what they do <laughs> and then sue leans over and she goes He's the president of Macy's. <laughs> oh. I was just like, oh, why didn't you say something? So my uh, you're better off not bold. knowing. And I was just like, 
well, yeah, I like Maisie's. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Sure. Yeah. And he was in good humor. And yeah. so he sent me a box, like a case of like Frango mint mm. chips the next day and said, come in and talk to me. Let's get That's, you in Macy's. So yeah. I wound up in Macy's. And from Macy's, I wound up doing uh, Shopping Network for a while. But oh. that was bad. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Yeah. I mean, it's a different world. It's not the department store world. And you sell right. by volume and... You know, anything can change that in a moment's notice. And it, it, it was a lot of stress. And we had to have a huge manufacturing component. And then mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to have a partner that sponsored all that for me. Okay. Um, but we had a couple crazy setbacks with one factory. A hurricane hit in the Philippines. So mm. we had to scramble, find another. And then uh, India was just too expensive. So we wound up going to China. And then, you know, there's you've got to have a partner there if you don't have a partner there it's really difficult so we went through a lot of different things that we learned about but really it was dealing with the shopping networks themselves Mm -hmm. because they're always Mm -hmm. in a tenuous situation they're never uh secure Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we came in and then they went bankrupt and then we stayed for the next owners and then we had to repitch it again and then we did our slot and even though we made the volume, they took us offline, so we could have made more, but we didn't, and then they went bankrupt, and then we had to try to try to get our product back. It was a mess. Oh, yeah. So yeah. That sounds awful. It was yeah. hard. It was yeah. very hard. It and does so, sound hard. Luckily, we broke even. We were yeah. able to sell the rest of the merchandise mm-hmm. and liquidate all of it, and um, I now just kind of stick with museums and right. uh, high-end very boutiques. That mm-hmm. sounds yeah. more art fun. Boutiques, yeah. Right. No clothing boutiques, art boutiques. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a great one in Linden Hills uh, called Everett and Charlie. Uh, The owner used to work in galleries and museums, and so it's really lovely. It's uh, right next door to Tilia and Harry Brasserie, and they are having a big event this weekend celebrating the anniversary of Harry Brasserie and Everett and Charlie. It's on the 2nd, June 2nd. Okay. So it's a little street alley party. Come, and rocks will be there. So I sell there, and I sell to uh, the Grand Hand in St. Paul. Okay. I think there's a few pieces left at Mia. Yep. Um, and I do the um, I do the fairs at the Walker. Right, okay. And then I sell across the country in yeah. museums out east, and then I sell in Greece and... Up until recently, I was in London okay. for a while. But I sold it's in the beautiful. Caribbean. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful work. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. I slowed know. down. Uh, I used to sell in the Caribbean. I sold in Kenya, and I sold in Vietnam. Yeah. But okay. that's a lot of work. And so mm-hmm. now I'm just right. low, yeah. low profile. Okay. But yeah. thank you for saying it's beautiful. That's still well, not it is that beautiful. low profile, I mean, though. It, it is. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> I mean, I, so I... Recently, I just... I, I had just looked at your jewelry too, oh, you know, because I was looking online, you mm-hmm. know, and I was like, hmm, stocking, stocking. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of, you know, I was thinking, oh, maybe Amber needs something, you know what I mean? But there's some really beautiful compositions Thank you. that we you have, have a lot of different you know? branches. Like I do natural lines, so it's all like rocks and wood and bone mm-hmm. and all kinds of different natural materials. And then there's rocks for men, there's yep. rocks bridal, and then there's pathara. Which is a totally different line, which is made from uh, things that I travel around the world and collect. So it's stuff from Tibet and Mm -hmm. Greece and the Middle East and all that kind of stuff. And then there's rocks, which is just a bunch of different things. Oh, there's rocks 2K, which is all metal, geometric shapes and all that. And then rocks. Mm -hmm. But um, it really is, it's, 
it's therapy, it's art, it's it is a lot art. of many I mean, different things for me. Yeah, you know? yeah. How much time do you put into it right now, do you think? Not like I used to. Right. I mean, I used to be cranking it out daily, but yeah. um, now it's mornings and yeah. sometimes It's got to be meditative. It's very right? meditative. Mm-hmm. It's therapy yeah. for me, truly. It's right. therapy. It makes me think things through and I can, you know, work you know, right, that. and that's what I think the comp. I, I'm going on a tangent, but the compositions are balanced, you know, oh, which thank I you. think is, you know, that's sort of what I get. Well, from I do it, a lot of know? studying, and I, I yeah. lived in Greece for eight years, so I went to a lot of museums, and they lovely. I mean, it's a great place to be because they have museums just for jewelry, right? And then they celebrate some of their star jewelers, like La Lunis, who is he designed jewelry for Maria Callas and Jackie O. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have all these amazing galleries that take you back to the Sumerians that show you, you know, the importance of jewelry and, and the legends of jewelry. And like the Greeks put diamonds in their breastplate because mm. the warring tribes thought that they were gods. When mm. the light reflected mm-hmm. on it, it made them right. look like they glowed. So, you know, yeah. it, it was a lot of things like um, <laughs> in, in uh, the medieval times, alchemists used mm-hmm. amethysts to cure headaches. Um, mm. The Romans... Um, prized rubies because they thought rubies were on fire and and pickpockets would stay away from them because they thought you could see the rubies through the pockets so they uh-huh. didn't want to get caught you know so there's all these different things about stones and if you go back 5,000 years and you go to Ayurvedic medicine and you do your color chakras and the stones that correlate to the color chakras it's all fascinating and so yeah. you learn a lot about things like you learn about um that the first woman to wear jewelry came from Mesopotamia, came mm. from Iraq. Um, prior to that, it was all priests that mm-hmm. wore these breastplates. And if you go back to, uh, is it King David and the discovery of the Ark, when, if you read it, you, you hear the story that they had to put on breastplates that had colored stones in them and that when they spoke to God, they would light up. Right. So, I mean, there's all these amazing mm-hmm. stories that, mm-hmm. it, that account for Beak jewels should be in here listening and, to this. You know, <laughs> like, right. like the Greeks were big on rhythm and repetition. Yeah. And, and so I, that's my thing. I love repeating patterns. Yeah, and you've got that. And, that's that balance. Yeah. You know, and, and when you put it that way, I mean, you can see the rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, that visual sort mm-hmm. of, you know. So all my influences yeah. come from that part of the world because I spent so much time in, mm-hmm. in Greece and you could go to Morocco and you know you could, you could see the influences and coming back and forth across the water and if you read about you know Herodotus who was one of the great historians he talks about the travels and how the Greeks learned so much and they learned from the Ethiopians and they learned from the uh, Mesopotamian Iraqis and the Iranians and you know it all is incorporated in everything that they wore they dressed they you know how they live their lives and and I just find that fascinating I want to put that into my jewelry mm-hmm. so yeah. you know when I when I design something and it has something from someplace overseas I love it when somebody comes in and you can see they go back home they think about aunts uncles family the land the grass the the smells and and that excites me you know I had a group of ladies from China come in and yeah I was really nervous because they pick it up. They're looking. They're looking at like the quality. They want to see how you strung it. They want to see how it's designed. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like, ooh, let me get you know, make sure that my jewelry is correct. So, it has all these influences from around the world, and you want to make sure that things are correct, that they represent 
a contemporary spin on what is culturally correct. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I I get a great deal out of it. Hmm. That's then put a lot into it. It sounds like yeah. Yeah. No, that's very cool. I I, I used to teach classes. I don't. I didn't last year, and I I hope to again next year. But I teach classes on gemstones and healing at the Mayo in Rochester, and the Cancer Education Center. Wow. I didn't know that, Robin. Yeah, I did that. Well, how would you? I mean, that's that's another that's another. Thing that's yeah. going on here. Yeah, I, you know, it's just what fascinates me, and I want to be able to do it. And so, you know, I brought it up to them, and they're really open now uh, yeah. because they want their doctors to be able to tell people, you know, seek more than just me. Right. You know, get your information other places, and you know, we'll talk about it. And if you want to do it, then you know, if it makes you feel yeah. better. So, you know, I take stones from like stores here in town, and I bring a big bowl down, and it's like grab some stones, and I talk about. You know, I do a whole thing about uh, what songs do you like? Mm-hmm. And I was like, do you like Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young? Do you like Stevie Wonder? Well, they talk about our origins. And there's a lot of uh, scientists that talk that we come from the stars. We mm-hmm. come from stardust. Mm-hmm. We definitely you know, do, it yeah. It hits mm-hmm. the planet and it, 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 it created life here. And we don't pay enough attention to our bodies and the stars and the stones in the ground to take care of ourselves and and you know we we work 24 hours we work nights that goes against everything that the body's about um we don't pay attention to the rhythms of our bodies we don't pay attention to how we feel in our heads in our chest in our hearts in our stomachs and there's you know the color chakras tell you that these are important colors in these different places and if if you read, you read like they put stones on people's bodies, and they mm-hmm. still do today. If you go to spas, they're putting stones on yeah, your body to completely. heal you and rejuvenate you. And we don't pay enough attention to that. We've gotten so far away from it that we're like, oh, we'll just pump you full of chemicals, and that's going to make you okay. No, it's not. It's reorienting your body to follow the planet's alignment and the minerals and the, that, are, that make up who we are as human beings. Yeah, we're right in there with you. We really are. <laughs> and then there's aliens, and I go off on that too. So, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a multifaceted girl. So. Well, we love aliens here, let me tell you. Uh, so, it all gets talked don't about. Get, you know, I had an implant. And, and uh, okay, I'm telling the truth. I put it on Facebook. Okay, all right. I posted it on Facebook. Okay, all right. Had a big lump in my finger. Couldn't Ooh. drive the car because right. it was hurting right in that little crack. Go to the doctor. The doctor's like, what is that? I mean, he's pulling tissue. I, I mean, I was starting to get sick. I can't yeah. even look at yeah. it. But pulling tissue out of my finger and kept saying, what is that? And it's like, I don't know. You're the doctor. You should know what it is. You know, and freaked out, truly freaked out about this, honestly. <laughs> and he finally is like, I got to have this biopsy. They had no idea what it was. And I, I think I put pictures of it all over everything. <laughs> um, because honest to goodness, you guys, I mean, I had this, okay. You tell me what this is. Oh, <laughs> this came da, out of your finger. La, la, that came out of my finger. La, la. It's perfectly elliptical, <laughs> round. How big is this thing? Like this it was big? massive. I don't need. I don't want to look at it. Sarah doesn't want to look at it. And they don't know what it is. I'm totally into it. Like well, that's amazing. Yeah. That's like a that's like a stone or something. It's like. Um, I said, is it a blood clot? They said it's not a blood clot. So did they right. biopsy it? They, they biopsy it and they said we don't know what it is. What? And that was just it. All right. We don't well. know what it is. That is so well. You're right. You were implanted. I'm telling you. Yeah. Something happened. That's well. Listen, that's an odd looking one, isn't it? 
we See? we could definitely huh? go on a tangent with that. I guess we have with to wrap the, up because I yeah. talk a lot. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> no, right. you're good. We are we are <laughs> a good hour and thirty into wow. It, which... Okay, I guess we gotta stop. <laughs> well, we're gonna have you back in though to yeah probe a little bit more about this. Because... I will tell you all about my experiences in Santa Fe. Okay, there's yeah, more to talk Robin, about. That is right up our alley. Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, this I'm, is what we I'm, do I'm here. Really, for better or worse, this is what Legacy Matters podcast is all about. Right. Okay. It's just it really long is, conversations too. about whatever we feel like talking about. I'll tell you about the low-flying helicopters that made no sound. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> We're going to have to schedule this. We're scheduling this, okay? All right, we'll have you back in. Thanks and, for inviting me. This was well, fun. Robin, thank you for coming in. in. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Yes, thank you very much. Bye. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We love comments and feedback, so go ahead and let us have it. If you'd like to learn more about Andalin and other legacy projects, visit the website at andalin.app or kineticlegacy.us. Take care.